Hello, and welcome to another episode of our Hospice News Elevate podcast. I'm Holly Vossel, reporter for Hospice News, and here with us today is Carrie Combs, registered nurse team leader at Lightways Hospice and Serious Illness Care. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for being a part of this Hospice News Elevate podcast. We're really happy you're here to share your insights from the bedside. Thank you for having me. So I think that the, my very first question for you is really um, what I touched on before we hit record here is <laughs> what guided your career interests towards hospice and, and, and life care? Uh, I, I have a really good friend who has been a hospice nurse for a long time, and I was a returning student. I was a paramedic first and took some time off to have my family, and then I went back to school to be I'm a nurse, and um, my friend really encouraged me into going into hospice. She thought that that would be a good fit for me, and I had a really open mind about my nursing career, so I thought, well, I'll give it a try, and so I started my nursing career in hospice, and I'm still in hospice, but it was in 2008. So, um you kind of addressed when you began. Um, so that I think we can move on to, you know, what have you seen in your journey in that um, career as some of the most significant, you know, sort of lessons that you've learned in providing um, hospice care by the bedside? Some of the lessons that I've learned is just from taking care of patients at end of life. I don't take much for granted. Um, every day is a gift. My health is a gift. Um, I oftentimes will just thank God that I could do things on my own because, um, you know, there's just so many people that can't anymore. And so um, I've really learned how fragile life is and how quickly things can change and uh, mm-hmm. how important it is to have people that you love around you because, you know, there could be a time when they're not going to be with you anymore. So just not taking people and health and life for granted. I mean, like, don't sweat the small stuff. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's easier said than done. But, yeah, from that, I can understand from that um, viewpoint, Um what do you kind of gained from it? So um, I think that this is a great question here is if you can walk me through uh, the average day in the life of uh, someone like yourself as a nurse, you know, hospice nurse practitioner, what does that look like from the day to day? Sure. Um, every day is different. You know, you could plan out your day, but there's usually a lot of changes that happen within your day. So you've got to be extremely flexible. Um, and your planning begins way before the day begins. You're usually planning out your week. Um, so it starts by we communicate through emails with the admission discharge report, and we get that in the evening, and then it's updated in the morning. So any new admissions you may have, any deaths that may have occurred, and then any symptom management issues that may have occurred overnight that need to be followed up on the next day. So 
Um, you get an idea of who you need to see. Typically, uh, regular day, you're seeing five to six patients. Um, an average nurse keeps a caseload of anywhere from like 15 to 20 patients. So you're not necessarily seeing all of your patients every day, but you know, you'll have an you gain an idea of who needs to be seen on that day. And, um, you're, you're not only doing your patient visit, um, there's also things that go along with that, the charting, there's reports, recertification reports that may be due. Mm-hmm. You may need to follow up on ordering medications, ordering supplies, getting other members of the team involved, like social worker or chaplain, collaborating with them based on anything that's going on with the patient or the family members to help support them. So there's a lot to it than just bedside care. Um, I think a lot of people think that it's hand-holding and sitting at the bedside and it's there's just so much more to it. Right. That's a a piece of of your your care, but there's so much more, like you said, to it. Um, So I think that this is sort of a bonus question, but when someone that might not, you know, the average person who might not understand the full scope of hospice when they ask you, you know, what, what would you tell them that you do on the day to day? So when we go in and we see a patient, we're assessing how their comfort level is. We want to manage any symptoms that Mm -hmm. they have. And and there's a lot of teaching. Um, We want to the caregivers, what to expect, how to manage the patient's medications, when to give them, um, because in most cases, the patient themselves, they're not able to do much for themselves anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes they can, but most often there's a caregiver involved that needs to be educated on things to look for and when to call up, those kinds of things. You know, there's there's a lot of teaching that's involved with the caregivers. So as far as some of the biggest challenges that you encounter in delivering bedside care, um, what would you say some of those big challenges might be? And then how do you navigate those? I would say the biggest challenge is getting everyone on the same page because uh, you may have the patient who's decided to go on hospice and a power of attorney that's willing to honor their wishes, but there's all kinds of other people that may have different thoughts and ideas and perspectives and experiences that are weighing in on what's happening, and that can be a challenge. Um Oftentimes, we'll have a situation where we have the patient and the caregiver, and they'll be on board with everything and have a good understanding, and then another family member will come in, and they won't have an understanding of the patient's wishes or what hospice is, and it kind of upsets the apple cart, per se. And it's getting everyone on the same page and understanding that 
what hospice is, what we do, and what our goals are for the patient. Mm-hmm. So that could be quite challenging, especially with stigma. You know, there's some, not everyone understands what hospice is. There's, and there's a lot of stigma with medications. People are afraid of morphine. Um, so, so that could be a challenge, just getting everyone on the same page. And I think for this next question, um, as a registered nurse team leader, you have this very unique insight here um, on some of the the day-to-day hurdles that clinical staff might face that may not be on, you know, hospice leadership or executives' radars. Can you think of any, um, and then what might those be? Um, the hurdles would be the unpredictability of your day. You can have your day planned out to where you're going to see, you know, so many patients and and where you're going to be. But there's oftentimes some unpredictable things, or they may be predictable, but just the timing, you know, like you may anticipate a patient death, but at the same time, you've got another patient that's having a pain crisis and another patient whose family member is really struggling with what's going on. So trying to navigate, prioritize, and, you know, triage your day, and then reaching out to your other team members. You know, some days are a little smoother than others. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it, 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 when you look at a hospice nurse, nurse's schedule on paper, it's far different than what the reality is, if that makes sense. You know, you can have your day scheduled to see, you know, your five patients, but there's probably a lot going on in between all of that. Mm -hmm. So as far as your, like, overall experiences owning and operating those hospices, what do you think it's important for them to understand as far as understanding the frontline clinical experience? I think the most important thing to understand is the need for feeling supported when we're, because you're out there by yourself. I mean, you're not alone, but you are. You have your team, but you want to know that you have the support to help you do your job well. Um, you know, the resources available. Um, people there that can help out if you have a question or a concern. Um, just having that structure, which I feel Lightways does a really good job of that in their model, but just having, you know, your chain of commands and who you can go to if you have a question or a concern and getting that support when you need it. So um, as far as advice that you've given to, to hospices that are trying to, you know, a- attract and keep their clinical staff, you know, what do you think is really an important element to have in place to help them ensure that clinicians feel that support that you're just mentioning and that they're set up for success in, in their clinical roles? Just having a really good model for when you have a new nurse, a new hospice nurse coming in, um, having someone that can be their mentor through the process. I like the way that we have it set up where 
were organized into teams, and each team has a team leader. So anyone on that team can go to their team leader for any questions or concerns or if they need an extra hand during a visit, they can go to that team leader. And if the team leader doesn't have the answer, then they can go up the chain. So that's really good to have that support system because if they don't feel supported, I think they'll get discouraged really quickly because there's just so many dynamics that you're walking into when you're going into a patient's home. You know, there's just so many different scenarios and and things, and, and the nurse really needs the support. Right, that interdisciplinary yeah. model yeah, of care. Um, so <laughs> to rewind back to when you, you know, first entered this field of hospice, um, what were some things that you wish you had known maybe before you entered end-of-life care, and would that have changed anything? <laughs> I love hospice, so even if I would have known all that I know, I still would do it. Um, but I really had no idea how involved it is. It's not just taking care of the patient at bedside. There's so many different pieces to case managing. There's making sure the patient remains eligible, the recertification reports, the IDT meetings, Um getting involved with the other interdisciplinary teams and all of the communicating that goes on and the charting. And I had no idea all the layers and all all that I would need to learn and know, but it's so rewarding. Well, I think on that like similar train of thought, do you think that there are any sort of gaps in education or training opportunities for hospice clinicians? I mean, I can speak on our company. I feel like we've got things pretty good. We've got a good onboarding system going, and um, I think maybe sometimes the challenge comes when someone has never done someone else's role within the system, but, you know, it could go in both ways. You know, I've never done some of my clinical leadership roles, so I have no idea what their day-to-day is. So I guess it's just understanding that we each have our roles and not taking each other for granted, knowing that we all have the same goal, and that's taking care of the patient. Kind of putting that in the forefront of their ongoing uh, training or onboarding programs. Right. Because regardless of your role, it all has its own unique set of challenges. Right. And, and being aware of those challenges as you're stepping in or you're carrying on that, that end of life care can be really important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the last question I, I had with you. Do you have any, you know, final thoughts to wrap us up here? You know, thank you for the opportunity to share what I do. I love hospice, um, something that I've been doing for a long time, and um, I'm always happy to help if anybody has any questions. I'm always willing to talk with them about hospice. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of our Elevate podcast and, you know, just lending that experience um, as you deliver that care. We'll let you get back to delivering that care. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of our Elevate podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode from Hospice News. Thanks for listening and take care for now.